Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this time of worship, whether you're worshiping here on the grass, in your cars, or at home on the podcast. Uh, You may see a few little changes in the bulletin. First of all, I am not Jason, and I am not on the roof, and I'm not going on the roof. Um, Jason and his family were exposed to COVID, and so following the usual precautions, they are staying at home and maintaining their distance. The first fast tests they had were all negative, and they're waiting for the results of the others. But in the meantime, they are being safe and keeping us all safe. So also in the COVID report, uh, both Buzz and Keith Coslin have tested positive. So remember to, to keep them in your prayers for healing. They do have some symptoms, but they are being cared for at home. And also next week, there's a possibility it might be a podcast service. So pay attention to your emails and things this week so that you will know what's happening next Sunday. A scripture tells us, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Let us worship God. Patty, do you want to share some of our history? Yes, last month um, I spoke about the beginning of our PCC choir. Today I want to tell you just a little bit about how the choir contributes to the worship service at our church. God has always blessed us with directors who are skilled and have a desire to spread the gospel through music. And there's, there's many scriptures in the Bible that speak of praising God with song. When Mary met Elizabeth and she shared that she was going to bear the Christ child, She sang the beautiful Magnificat from uh, uh, Luke 1. And by the way, our choir has sang that very difficult piece. Our Christmas presentations have run the gamut from complete with orchestra, choreography, and costumes to something simple, majestic presentations that poignantly tell the story of the Savior's birth. But the story of Jesus wouldn't be complete by just telling of his joyous birth. Our choir also, through music, graphically sings the story of the betrayal on Monday, Thursday, the crucifixion and the triumphant resurrection through our Holy Week music. We always have a place for the children to participate, especially during Christmas. Our director, Cornell Radulescu, searches for music that each week supports the sermon topic, and he chooses from all genres. Classics of the great masters like um, Handel's Messiah, which we've done, uh, to really fun gospels, Irish tunes, old tunes. Some of our performances you can find on YouTube. Our choir members are so thankful that we are a part of a congregation that sees the value of all types of music and worship. And we're so thankful to have a director whose first mission in life is to spread the gospel through the blessings of music. Thank you, Cornell, for this. And we so appreciate Danny and our praise band for carrying on this music tradition. 
the PCC choir is anxiously awaiting the time when we can really gather together and, and praise God in music. Thank you. Send the children and youth forward. Good morning. Happy New Year. Do any of you have a New Year's resolution? A resolution is something you try to do different than you did before. So what are you saying? You guys didn't give up candy? You're going to do better at not eating junk food? Most people forget to do what they set out to do or, or don't make it important enough to finish the plan they started. Or oftentimes we get too busy. But some things are really important, like things we do to be closer with God. So who can tell me some things that you would like to do better this year to be closer to God? Think about it. You can read your Bible, pray. How about memorizing one verse every month? You can do that. That's only 12 verses in a year. And if the verse is too long, you can get mom and dad to help you make them shorter. The Bible tells us to keep God's words in our hearts 
so that we don't sin against him. Who thinks that is important? If we were to take a look at a new calendar, it would probably be empty, especially in COVID times. If we plan now before we get too busy, we can keep our resolution or our promise to God. And God has plans for us too. Reading from Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God wants to prosper us or make our relationship with him better, and he gives us hope in life and a future in heaven with him. I am so glad God has plans for my future, and he has plans for each and every one of you. So let's make a plan to be closer to God so we can be ready when he shows us the plans he has for us in this new year. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we ask that you be with us in Sunday school as we learn and grow more closer to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'd like to dismiss children and youth to Sunday school. Please join me in the prayer of confession. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ you came among us as a shining light in the darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light or trusted good news to be good. We've closed our eyes to the glory in our midst, expecting little, hoping for less. Forgive us our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ the King. Amen. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Therein lies our assurance of pardon. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
Jason had planned on today's message being an introduction in, into getting to know Jesus because we've had the little baby born, we've been through that whole process, and now we need to see who Jesus was as a person. I've, I've made changes, I've added another scripture to it, so, but... First, I will read the passage from Mark that Jason had chosen for today. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am pleased. And then I went into some of the beginning of uh, Jesus' ministry. 
So in Luke, I am reading, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. And as Jesus read the scripture and sat down to discuss, I'm doing the same thing. These past weeks of Advent and on Christmas Eve, we looked at the birth of the Christ child. We learned of the shepherds keeping watch in the fields, of the multitude of angels praising God, the birth in a stable, and the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. We are now entering the church season known as Epiphany, the actual day being this Wednesday, the 6th. That day commemorates the arrival of the Magi. But what happened after that in the years before Jesus began his public ministry? Luke is the only gospel to give us a very small glimpse into the childhood of the Messiah. We would really like to know what it was like to watch God in the flesh growing up. Did he behave differently from other children? Was he always obedient? What happened when the family went to the temple? Did he reveal his true self? Did he have bumps and bruises and illnesses that the other children had? Unfortunately, there are very few answers. We know that Mary treasured all these precious moments and pondered them in her heart. She knew her son was very special, but she had to wait to see God in action through him. Scripture tells us the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. We can assume Jesus lived the life of a small-town Jewish boy. He was likely known as the son of the carpenter. 
But Mary had those words of the shepherds and the magi and Simeon in her heart. She would recall the great wise men who had visited her humble home and knelt down and paid homage to her little baby. And as she raised this child and pondered those words, she must have often wondered what it all really meant. How was her sweet baby boy to become all those things foretold? When they left the temple in Jerusalem, they returned to Galilee, and nothing more is heard about them for 12 years. Our scripture from Mark has John proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, and God's voice heard proclaiming him as his son in whom he is pleased. And after a time of trial and temptation, he begins his earthly ministry. In Luke's gospel, we see Jesus in the synagogue, and it is his turn to read. The man who had been brought up among them was going to address them for the very first time. He took the wooden spindles of the Torah in both hands and turned them until he came to the passage he wanted. He presumably read the scriptures in Hebrew and later interpreted them in Aramaic. He handed the scroll back to the attendant, and then following tradition, he sat down. But something different had happened as he read. Something in his voice as he repeated those ancient words caught the rapt attention of his listeners. He didn't just read. He spoke the words as if they were his own. No wonder every eye was fastened on him. You could feel the tension and suspense They had never heard the scriptures spoken so authentically, and they couldn't wait to hear his interpretation. And when he began to speak, his words were electric. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We don't know if he said more than that, but nothing more was really necessary. I fulfill this scripture. I am he whom you have been waiting for. John the Baptist had been preaching, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus was saying, the kingdom has come. It is I. Jesus is trying to tell them, the scriptures are speaking of me. And today and right now, The Messiah is in your midst. There truly was no more to say. So what does one say after an announcement like that, especially to the people who watched you grow up? The ones who saw the little boy Jesus running and playing with his friends, helping in the carpenter shop, doing errands for his mother, Jesus realized it was difficult for them to see him 
as other than just Jesus, the boy down the road. But he had a message for them. He had come to implement God's reign in his hometown among his own people. They needed to see him in a different light. Later, as Jesus was calling his disciples, Nathaniel commented to Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Indeed, it could. I have a friend whose family was friends with the actor Will Ferrell. When the movie Elf debuted many years ago, they were all invited to New York for the opening. As they were driving in the city, they saw one of the huge banners that they put on the sides of the buildings advertising the movie. Her granddaughter saw it and said, Look, Grandma, it's Will Ferrell. Not the well-known actor, not Elf, but Will, the guy from down the street in Irvine. No matter how many movies he makes or how famous he gets, he will always be just Will to them. This was what Jesus was receiving. He knew it was difficult for them to accept him and his authority because they only knew him as the son of Joseph, the carpenter, and they had an image of what the Messiah would look like. How could he say he was fulfilling the scriptures when he was just Jesus, the carpenter's son? Jesus read from the prophet Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. For all who know the story, the message of the birth of this baby and his life is one of great hope. Prophecy is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come. How often we use the word hope. I hope I get the job. I hope I don't get COVID. I hope my team wins. Things we want to happen. In the dictionary, hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire combined. Expectation requires looking into the future. We are looking into a new year that began just three days ago. We are stepping into the future. We have expectations. We have hope. For most of us who found 2020 a year to remember or forget, there is hope that things will be different in 2021. It is as if turning calendar pages changes things. But hope helps us to see beyond any present difficulties. There are 12 blank pages on a calendar. 
open to the unknown. No one knows what each year will bring. There may be challenges and difficulties. We sure learned that this year. But the new year is also a future that will hold special times, special moments, special people, and unknown joys and pleasures. All around you are messages of hope. If you are just able to open your hearts to see and hear them. What hope those listeners in the synagogue must have felt hearing that the long-awaited prophecy has been fulfilled. Hope is expectations based on the promises of God. Jesus Christ is fulfillment of all of God's promises. As scripture tells us, we have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. How do we hold on to the message of hope after Christmas has been packed away for another year? How can we be Christmas people when that new calendar replaces the old, when we hear the news reports? Essential to Judaism was the praise of God in all things. The Jewish law taught that God was to be honored in one's rising up and lying down, in going out and coming in, in how one dressed and what one ate. They all obeyed. For modern Christians, <coughs> it appears that the pressure of life seems to interfere with religious practices. Worshiping God is not the priority it once was. Prayer before meals or family Bible study is found less and less in homes. For many, religious rituals are reduced to church attendance on Sunday or even only at Christmas and Easter, or to other special events, which we can't even do right now. <clears throat> the result has been that God has receded from the awareness and experiences of everyday life. Where is God in your life? What practices can you add to your life in the year ahead? to bring God's presence more into your life. There are still Bible studies offered here. What about joining one? We encounter God during times of worship. We make that a priority. The ancient rabbis had an understanding that God was present wherever the Torah was studied. It was said, if two sit together and words of the law are spoken between them, the divine presence rests between them. For Christians, Jesus spoke similar words. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. 
we can see Christ in the very ordinary experiences of living, in worship or in people around us, gathered together safely with others in Jesus' name. God came to earth to get to know each one of us individually. God has reached out. The next step is yours. Do you find Christ in your daily lives? Do you look for him? What might you do this year to establish a closer relationship with God? God has revealed God's own self in this helpless baby, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. Jesus has come to lead us to God. God has given us hope for the future. In the story of the first Christmas, we catch a glimpse of something more. The Christ who came to Bethlehem is the Christ who will come again in the fullness of his divine glory. We have a Savior who allows us to look beyond our present circumstances to our glorious heavenly destiny. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas is the birth of hope. Trust in God's plans. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God has plans for us here and now in our daily lives and ultimately for our salvation. The future referred to here is this new year and all our years ahead, and it is our eternal future. God has plans for our good, but God expects something out of us. God expects our participation through our obedience and our prayers. It is appropriate that at the end of the year we look back at our experiences and look ahead to a new year with new events. It is a time when the Lord is asking us to put the past behind us and move into a future with hope. We are also reminded that Christ was born into our world, that we might know God, love God, and seek a personal relationship with Jesus, the Savior, so that God's plans for us will be revealed. The Peanuts comic strip gives us a lesson on hope. In one cartoon, Lucy and Linus were sitting on the front of the TV, and Lucy says to Linus, Go get me a drink of water. Linus looks surprised. Why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. <clears throat> On your 75th birthday, Lucy promised, I'll bake you a cake. Linus got up, headed to the kitchen, and said, 
life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. And so it is. We have hope because of God's action on Christmas Day. We have a Savior who came to walk with each of us and to give us eternal life. We have much to look forward to. Amen. Pray with me. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you for your indescribable gift. We thank you for the love you have for us that caused you to send your Son to bring us to you. Help us to learn the lessons from the synagogue so that we may also follow you with love and devotion. Show us the face of Christ in our lives that we may truly see him as our Savior and walk in his way. May we find new opportunities to serve you in the year ahead through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And now we come to the time in the service where we have an opportunity to give back through our tithes and our offerings and our gifts. For those of you who are listening at home and you wish to mail in your gift, it's Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, Box 2128, Costa Mesa, 92628. For those here today, there are offering plates available as you leave. Please give your offerings.
A child is born for us in Bethlehem, wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, and he will be our shepherd, feeding his flock in the strength of the Lord. We come to this table to be fed and to be nurtured. We come to this table to meet Jesus, our Savior. We come to this table to worship and give thanks to our Lord. You are invited to come to this table to eat this bread and drink this cup. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't need to be Presbyterian. You just need to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, your Savior. The table is ready. Come, pray with me. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. He was born to dwell among us, 
full of grace and truth. In him we have seen your glory. He lived for us, spoke your truth, and showed your love. Lavished with gifts from the Magi, he gave his life for others. Baptized by John in the Jordan, he poured out his mercy for all. In his death on a cross, he overcame death. Rising from the tomb, he raised us to eternal life and made us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Give us courage to speak his truth, to seek his justice, and to love with his love. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his followers, and he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And today, acting in Jesus' name, I say, take and eat. Remove the little wafer from the top of your pod and eat the body of Christ broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our Lord until he comes again. Using your pod drink, take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. Loving and gracious God, from east and west and north and south, you have gathered us at your table, called us your beloved, and fed us from your body. Transform us to be your body in the world and fortify us by your spirit so that we may serve you and our neighbors with great joy. Amen. Um, a little 
change from the bulletin. We are going to recite the Lord's Prayer, and then uh, I will give the benediction. So please join me now in the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.